Uh, also, we, we got $10 from a person who is not VC Jester. I don't know what happened to VC Jester, but their name is a person not VC Jester. Got $10 <laughs> Super Chat. Thank you so much. It says, this is for Elena's lunch for raising awareness to the front panel connector uh, problem. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, an article went up today on PCRworld.com about uh, front panel connector problems. So, uh yeah. There you, there you go. Thank you. Decades. Thank you. <laughs> All right. It is interesting the the vendors who still split them. I don't I don't get it because at this point like Asus Everybody. was the last holdout. Asus used to be the last holdout, but no, everybody's still I mean there's definitely some cases that still split them. You notice that? Mm-hmm. It's pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. Even on the ones you're looking at these days cuz I I like NZXT I think it's a solid block. I've seen a few solid block cases. Yeah, it's pretty much all of them still. I think yeah, I think the Fantex one I have here, even the Be Quiet one. They leave, they leave it to the motherboard manufacturers to give you that block or that bracket thing, and that's oh, usually man. on like what a two two fifty dollar plus motherboard. If you're gonna get one, it's ridiculous. It's like why don't you just sell this separately? <laughs> Everyone would buy it. Yeah, you know it does. I and I, I'll tell you my conversations with motherboard vendors over the past. Like they always get left holding the bag. Like everybody's like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to go be switching to uh, uh, Molex power to SATA power. Well, who? Where do you get the adapter from? Well, should the case give it to you? Should the power supply give it to you? No, let's make the motherboard vendor do it. And like, whoa, wait, we got to pay for this now. Are you going to pay for? Uh, you know what? All these multiple cards with Crossfire and SLI. So, you know, who's going to give you the SLI cable? Should it come with a video card? I mean, that's the one you're paying for. No, let's let's make the motherboard vendors do it, right? And they're like, what? We got this other. If you think about all this, like they got the SLI adapter, which nobody uses, but you still have to have it in your motherboard. <laughs> you got the, you got, you got the, well, you used to, you don't get the power adapters anymore, but now you got the, the, the header connector converter. It's just like, Motherboard vendors always get the shaft on this, and you know they don't get any money on it. So that's why they make motherboards with lower VRMs, folks. For <laughs> somewhere, and they got the the SATA cables too. You know, like hard uh, drives don't come with that. Why why don't drives come with SATA cables? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure when we move to ATX 12VO, the motherboard vendors would be like, oh. Why do we have to give the adapter? Because <laughs> uh, you're going to do it. Like, they yeah. always get the shaft. Oh, it's like uh, when you go through the drive-thru. Okay, let's get true. started. Yeah, ready? Let's get started. Uh, almost famous at uh, uh, Awake for the live stream for the first time in a while. Uh, welcome. Glad to, glad to have you here. You're awake Good to morning. see how many takes uh, Gordon needs to, to do the intro. Uh, no, this it. one's easy. Oh, yeah, There's only like easy. two things. Oh, okay. Don't jinx it, man. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, then show us, please. In this episode of The Full Nerd, Tiger Lake H Performance and NVIDIA Clothespins Miners. Clothesline. <laughs> nice. Clothes casket? <laughs> Clothesline. Welcome to episode 177 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. I'm going to butcher your name, but this one is for Zahara Dean Wonka, who asked me last week, when am I coming back to the podcast? Here I am. Thank you for your concern. <laughs> and Eleni is here as always Hello. with her split front panel connectors. Well, I mean, I can't, I can't help what I am. Yeah, yeah. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, you know, we talked about this before we went live with the pre-show, but uh, I want to hear the chat. Uh, is is this a Hawaiian shirt? Do, do people consider this a Hawaiian shirt? Because Gordon thinks it's a Hawaiian shirt. 
Brad doesn't. Elena doesn't. I don't. But Gor- Gordon okay. thinks this is a Hawaiian shirt because it has flowers. That's it. that's his definition. Uh, so yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a Hawaiian shirt, and I can tell you this as an expert. I will tell you a story. Uh, my wife told me we were going to some event, and it was like, oh, we have to wear nice clothes. I was like, well, what should I wear? She goes, wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I was like, what? It's like, yeah. Anytime you go to an event and there's older Asian men there. The Hawaiian shirt is basically a tuxedo. So I did it. I wore a Hawaiian shirt, and, like, every single older Wait, is, person was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Every single Wait, is dude. your wife telling you that you're old indirectly? <laughs> no, it was just a way, like, you can just wear a Hawaiian shirt. But, yes, it was. I was old. And I, can, I have another Hawaiian shirt story idea or story. I, when I was younger, I said, hey, I told my, so my sister was visiting Hawaii. And she says, you want anything? I said, yeah, I want a Magnum P.I. shirt. So she comes back like, hey, it's like, this is not a Magnum P.I. shirt. This is the ugliest shirt I've ever seen, like green and orange and a big ass peacock on it. Like, this is not what Magnum wore. Didn't you ever see the show? It was still a Hawaiian shirt, though. That, sir, is a Hawaiian shirt. All right, well, Senator, the, I know the, Hawaiian shirts. That is a Hawaiian shirt. There, there are some people in the chat agreeing with you, but, uh, yeah, others that, that say it's not. So, I, I don't know. I guess the debate will rage on. Who knew that this was the, the next alien versus aliens is a Hawaiian shirt or not? That, that uh, is one. And but, next time you go to an event, say, like, you have a friend, Asian, getting married, Asian-American. Wear that shirt, you'll fit right in. They'd be like, "Oh, very hip, Adam. I like your your like Tommy Oakland? Bahama shirt." <laughs> is this like an Oakland style thing? Because this is definitely not what I see on this side of the bay. <laughs> well, I I've think been it's to probably, quite a few Chinese American weddings. <laughs> I think it's probably not enough old people. So, no, I have a lot. I have a lot of older relatives. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> you, you know what old people love is laptop CPUs. Right. So they need to hear their performance numbers. Isn't everybody? I know. Right. Like they just they're they're chomping at the bit. All the old people, Gordon. Just... I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Old people, young no, people. Really? We I, all, I got we all love CPUs. Uh, people, so people. Gordon, please tell will, us Tiger my... Lake H. Is it good? Adam wants to get us back on topic. And indeed, of course, last week we talked about Intel's 11th gen 10 nanometer super fin base. Tiger Lake H, short story, basically Tiger Lake UP3, which we saw previously last year. Awesome chip, only four cores, made for very small sub-three-pound laptops. We now get the eight-core version of it to finally compete with AMD's amazing Ryzen series. I have been testing two Tiger Lake H laptops intensely for about a week and a half. I will say uh, I had less time with the Core i9 version and the Core i7, but I can say that it is indeed a very competitive part. We'll kick this off. We're not going to get totally in-depth on all the numbers. You can read the Core i7 Tiger Lake H11800 story on the website now, and we will soon have the Core i9 version tomorrow. of the 11980HK up tomorrow. But mm-hmm. you got a quick preview of the numbers. Let's do the stuff. First one, Cinebench R20. Everybody knows it. Some people don't like it. It is, of course, a 3D rendering benchmark based on Maxon Cinema 4D engine used in Adobe Premiere, After Effects, that kind of, uh, you know, niche programs that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, folks. But all cores matter. <clears throat> all cores matter and laptops that can push 
those cores to higher boost clocks get better performance. And in the chart, you see the light blue bars are Intel's older 14 nanometer 10th gen parts. The darker blue bars are Intel's 11th gen Tiger Lake H. The darker red is, of course, the very high-end Ryzen 9 5900HX in a six-pound laptop Asus Strixgar 17. And the other two, uh, the lighter bars is a, a Ryzen 9 5980HS in a three-pound thin and light Asus Flow X13 and an older Ryzen 4000 chip. But if you look at these results... Intel can actually be in the same conversation as Ryzen, which has not been true for a long time. It's really been those top light blue chips trying to trying to beat off uh, Ryzen 5000 and Ryzen 4000, and it was it was really bad. I mean, look, that is a mm-hmm. 3.6 pound Ryzen 9 4900HS at the bottom, faster <laughs> than a than a 10th gen 8 core. A 10870H in a, a six-pound gaming laptop. So that has been Intel's problem for a long time. It's basically been a whooping. People have been making fun of them ever since Ryzen 4000 came out. Ryzen 5000 made it even worse. But 11th Gen pretty much fixes that. And <clears throat> It's funny how quickly that changed because... Forever, Intel was the only real option in notebooks. And then when Ryzen 4000 came along, it instantly totally flipped. 10th gen just could not hang. Uh, so it's just interesting now. You know, it matters so much and it's switching so quickly these days. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of goes back to conversations we've had for probably three years here, everywhere. And that is uh, desktop people always think they're the center of the universe people like them to think that the actual truth is the actual center of the universe is servers because they got the money and also laptops consumers buy way more laptops than do desktops that's why we are seeing target lake h pretty much put them back into the game whereas desktops you get rocket lake that's what you're going to get right so um i did other multi threaded benchmarks we're not going to go over all that but it's really a back and forth some things uh AMD does quite well at, but again, Tiger Lake is right there looking over its shoulder. Uh, One caveat, though, that Ryzen 9 5900HX in the Strixgar 17G is a monster. It is a monster laptop. It is pushing that chip really hard. That thing is just just stupidly fast. When you see a Common Lake laptop next to that Ryzen 9 5900X, you're like, whoa, this is like not, if it's a joke, right? It's a joke. This thing is so fast in CPU operations. <clears throat> I have not seen an 11th gen Core i9 in a six pound gaming style laptop yet. But generally, I'm going to, I'm going to give Ryzen 9 in bigger laptops an advantage. Some things, uh, Core 11th gen does better slightly, but mostly they're even with AMD having a slight lead in multi-threaded rendering tests, a lot of that probably due to some power efficiency. We'll see as this all unfolds. Uh, next thing, though, is single-threaded, slide two. We're going to look at single-threaded performance, same thing, Cinebench R20. <clears throat> we run it on a single thread, and, you know, things even up. You're, the nice thing is uh, you see, whereas before those 10th-gen Comet Lake 14 parts are 
kind of embarrassing. It's not quite as bad here. Um, is it the right chart? And that is because you don't have to load up all the cores. You know, you might be using 30, 40 watts out of them. You're, you just, they can just hold the boost longer and they're not going to need as much power. So it closes up quite a bit. But what really matters though is 11th gen versus Ryzen 5000. And you see it's, it's right there. In fact, the core i9, uh, 11980HK in the Intel reference laptop. This is basically a laptop, 16-inch laptop, uh, 4.6 pounds. It's basically based off of MSI's Crater 16. Really, really sweet laptop. But it's got Intel branding on it. They got these to the press so we could do previews of it. That is actually right there ahead of AMD's Ryzen 9 5980HS, which... You know, again, unshackled of having to run an all-core uh, load, that special chip, remember that 5980HS was a fairly limited CPU, is actually faster than 5900HX, even though the HX is in a big, much bigger uh, gaming laptop. So the light laptops actually outperform them because those CPUs, by the way, are bin to hit higher clock speeds. We see that result. But the Core i7-11800 and the Ryzen you know, 5900HX or, or date even, just date even with the, with the Core i7 slightly faster. So pretty much that's what you're going to see in a lot of the results here. It's, and just to reiterate, even though Ryzen 5000 and 11th gen are dead even, that's a good place for Intel to be because 10th gen, again, was just embarrassed by Ryzen 5000. So for them to be neck and neck right now, that, that's a win for Intel. Right. <clears throat> and that's a good question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Quick. Um, so, I mean, that's a 5980HS, right? Do you think you're gonna, we're going to see anything that much different with an HX part? You know, I don't know. I haven't seen one yet. The 5900HX is, is, is simply a monster, right? It's just – it's clearly made to, to crush everything out there. I can imagine that, you know, AMD has seen this day coming. They know – they didn't knew that, you know – eight-core Tiger Lake H is coming. I can see them pushing out 5980HXs to, you know, push back a little bit. The question is, are they going to be able to make enough of them to even matter? I mm -hmm. think it, it'll help, but do I think it's going to like, wow, we're looking at 20% more performance? No, it's not going to get that much better. But it may it may give you the moral win by being the front of that chart, right? That's, that's what a lot of people care about, un unfortunately. Overall, I don't think it'll change that much. You know, I mean, the feeling is you, these are pretty close parts, right? And, and that is a, you know, really good for Intel to be right there with I mean, Ryzen 5000 is a, is a phenomenal chip, right? So they are right there. Uh, we're going to do the next one moving off of the sort of like theoretical 3D rendering that nobody does. Uh, we use Procyon. Procyon's video test, which basically uses Adobe Premiere. Uh, I use version 15.1, the latest version. Actually, there's 15.2 that came out after I started testing, but this is all on 15.1. And um, it runs Premiere through four different uh, video projects and exports them. It basically, uh, there's two 1080p YouTube profiles and there's two 4K uh, HEVC uh, H.265 videos that applies, you know, color correction. And I, I think there's Lumetri. 
Adam, you know what the hell it does. I have no idea. I just hear it all the time. Everybody uses it. It's basically one of the 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 adjustments in Premiere that a video editor would do to the video before they spit it out. And then you export it. Uh, one thing, though, all of the laptops here, because they are H-parts, 99.9% .9 of the time they will be with a discrete graphics card. They're all different. We're seeing 1650 Max Q all the way up to 3080 here, to 3070, to 2060. So to remove the graphics card from the equation, I disabled the graphics card for all these runs, which gives us a really, you know, more CPU folks version of performance, but a little weird because who the hell's going to go out and buy a laptop and disable the, the discrete graphics card? But again, this is a CPU evaluation, though. It makes sense for what we're doing. Yeah, it is a CPU evaluation. And again, <laughs> Ryzen 9 5900X HX, no joke. Look, it's right there in front. And also the, the 5980HS, even though it's in a three pound laptop, <laughs> it's number two. But both the Core i9 and Core i7 are breathing on its neck. So I would call this so close, probably not going to matter. AMD wins, but, you know, 11th Gen Tiger Lake H is right there. And, you, of course, you can see where Common Lake H is, would have been. So if you pretended Tiger Lake H didn't exist and we were talking about this, Common Lake H is like, oh, that looks really bad. And it does look really bad because it is bad. It's like... It seriously gets crushed by Ryzen 5000 and even Ryzen 4000 in, in, <laughs> in the 3.6-pound laptop. So it's not in, as good as those new parts, but they're not bad. <laughs> they're not bad. Like, you'd be, you'd be perfectly fine if you had one of those laptops. But they're yeah. definitely outclassed by this newer stuff. Yeah, and that's – I do want to make sure people understand that, you know, if you have a 10th-gen laptop or you're even looking like you're about to buy a 10th-gen laptop, with a discrete graphics card, you know, you look at all these numbers, you look at 5,000, Ryzen 5,000, you look at these target like H numbers, you're like, well, maybe I'm not going to buy it or maybe I'm going to return it, that kind of stuff. Well, I, yeah, it's slower in every metric, 20% slower than Tiger Lake, you know, 20 to 23% fat slower than Ryzen 5,000. But you buy these big laptops for the GPU and AMD and, and, and Intel don't like that, but it's true. You're there for NVIDIA. You take this exact same test. It'll be in the story tomorrow, and you turn on the graphics card. You let the 3060 or, or 3080 or the 2060, you let them work in this exact same test. And actually, the Tiger Lake laptops end up in front of the line slightly. And those tension laptops, <laughs> like, whereas you're looking at maybe a 30% difference here, with the GPU on in a 3080 versus 3080 laptop, you're only going to see 16% difference. It's probably not going to make that much of a difference. Yes, Ryzen 5000 and 11th Gen are better, but are you going to go out and sell it for a loss in order to make up for 16% loss in Premiere? That probably doesn't make any sense. Just want people to understand that. You uh, have to have some context. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, and also, uh, friend of the show... Um Ian, Dr. Ian Cutris, Tech Tech Potato, is in the chat. <clears throat> For your earlier comment, he said uh, he disables the dedicated graphics card in laptops uh, for battery life, which we talked about kind of last week to the the Ryzen 5000U or whatever on on battery. So it, it's kind of another another thing we can add to the equation. You can manually disable that. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Ian, 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 hey, hey, Ian, how's it going? Um, it is, he is well familiar with the infinite hell of testing different, continuing differences. It is, it is worthy to look at. Um, and I do recommend if you want to read more about power consumption on Tiger Lake H, go check out an on text piece that posted. Um, again, they also had very little time with, with, uh, Tiger Lake laptops. Um, <clears throat> it does definitely look like you know, it uses more power. It's more power hungry. But you know, we'll we'll we haven't done all the testing there. We'll get there eventually. We're just looking at performance right now on on AC. Uh, and uh, Ian uh, would like to throw in that uh, he's been using the ASUS Zen2 Zephyrus laptop to do some video exports this week. Uh, he used the Vega 8 IGP for decode, the 2060 for encode. Uh, the bottleneck was the IGP memory capacity, uh, 512 megabyte max. That's just some other oh. data points to put in there. No, that's actually worth looking at because I, I, we don't get it here, but it's, you're going to see it on the story. On the, I did QuickSync HEVC with Handbrake, and for some reason, I couldn't figure out why the Ryzen 95900HX was underperforming some of the other laptops. I should probably look at the uh, frame buffer they set aside for the IGP in the BIOS. Because it is possible, you know, a lot of these laptops, you're buying it for NVIDIA, AMD and NVIDIA and Intel don't like to hear that. But, you know, why the hell reserve memory that could go towards other things for the IGP? Why bother, right? So that that could very well be it. Um, <clears throat> let's also do PC Mark 10 apps. Oh, which, which slide number uh, is that? Uh, this is four, slide four. Yeah, nobody cares about this, but it is interesting to look at. Um, uh, I don't think I got slide four. Sorry, real quick. I don't think it was in your container. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's just talk about it. Yeah, just talk about it. Okay. Yeah, so basically, uh, it tests uh, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and Edge. I had problems with Edge failed on all of the laptops I tested, but um, performance, 5900HX on top, uh, the i7 bigger uh, or 17g with tiger lake i7 is right in the second a lot of that is from excel uh, excel powerpoint um the the ryzen 9 5000 do pretty well but both the 11th gen laptops do quite nicely um mostly who cares this is something you do for office uh, but i will say it is impressive to see how much uh, powerpoint can benefit from the newer processors that's just useful for somebody who wants to go into work on Sunday for Lumberg. <laughs> last, last. Uh, next thing we're going to do, we're making this abbreviated. You can read more charts tomorrow when we post our story. We're going to look at AI performance. And I, I think uh, AI is something that most people's eyes gloss over. I have a hard time staying awake for most of the, the discussions about it because it's so esoteric. Uh, Typically, I would I would describe AI discussions as uh, a happy CEO talking about using AI so he can lay off or she can lay off more workers because they have AI to do their jobs. That's generally not as a consumer what I care that much about. You know, that's, that's dark. Well, <laughs> is it dark or is it real? Uh, yeah, it's not wrong. Both, both. Yeah. <laughs> Look at our new Skynet, Mark. But. <laughs> this, of course, in the actual fun part, because you have all that free time now, 
Uh, this is using Topaz Labs Gigapixel AI. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, they basically use AI to uh, more intelligent, more intelligently increase the size or resolution of a, of an image. I would traditionally say upsample, but I don't know if that really is the correct term here. Basically, you end up with if you want have a low resolution picture and you want to increase the resolution, you know what you typically do is plug it into Photoshop and do a bicubic or whatever nearest neighbor increase in resolution. And then you uh, quickly undo it because the results are so bad, it's not worth it. You don't see that with AI-based uh, upsampling. For this, I take a 10-megapixel picture shot 10 years ago of an F-18. I increase it by 6x. You use Topaz Labs to do this using the CPU. Um, we time it based on seconds. Oh, and, of course, I sent the wrong chart. This is the older version, which is 5.5.1. That's fine, though. <laughs> and you now see that the 11th gen parts, both the i7, i9, have <laughs> a very big advantage over all of the Ryzen's as well as Comet Lake because, you know, it has AVX 512, which uh, Linus and a lot of other people happen to hate. And this benefits them because Intel's pushing it hard. Intel's out there getting developers who use this stuff. This is just one application that does it, and I will say it is a fast-moving category. This is version 5.5.1. Basically, this month, they came out with a 5.5.2 with improved models, and the performance got even better on the 11th-gen parts. I mean, the I was doing the same work that took 79 seconds before now in 50-some-odd in seconds. Hmm. But, you know, we're talking about from beginning of May till now, it's changed. It is every month. It gets better. It keeps increasing. Uh, there's also a Nero score, which will be on our website tomorrow. Basically, the interesting consumer applications of AI is quite exciting, especially if you're into video and imaging, where right now most of the of, of it is surfacing to us that where it matters. Um, uh, real quick, Gordon. Uh, you know, AMD, of Go ahead. Uh, Ian would like to ask you, uh, what's Gordon's position on using AI benchmarks recommended by in Intel and AMD like Topaz and AI Expert? Well, so my position is, are people going to do it, right? So one of the, one of the you know, they always have recommended benchmarks. They, they do their tests and what they did. One thing they did was a 10-bit encode because, by the way, Tiger Lake H new XC cores, new media engine has uh, 10-bit hardware HEVC uh, support for encode. You know, I at some point I will look at it, um, but I need to like, you sort of have to examine, well, who the hell is doing this? How many people have 10-bit, you know, content? You know, so you have to validate it there. Like when I looked at AI, because I've been looking for um, practical AI applications of this technology for probably about a year. And I've been talking to different developers to get, you know, hands on, on the software. So I can set, does it make a difference? Where is it? There is like one example that Intel has using uh, Vegas eight where they, it's called style transfer and they take a video and they use AI to uh, apply like, Hey, here's a uh, style. We're going to make this look like Picasso. Right. Um, and look how much faster it is. And of course it is, 
immensely faster because it is taking advantage of the the hardware inside of that that 11th gen part. I really thought long and hard about that. Should I, you know, should I break out time to look at that one feature or do I really want my video to look like somebody set the posterization to like a part where you can't recognize everything? And Adam, I would show you, if I show you the video, you're like, yeah, that's cool. But who the hell's going to do that, right? I mean, just like, if I showed it to you, Adam, you might say, this is not something a video editor would do. I mean, maybe Homer Simpson do. Maybe like a, <laughs> you could add like intelligent AI star wipes, maybe. But it's just not, Flames. I don't think it's that practical. I think it's very practical. Flames. Is that, is that what he added? But so, like, for this, for Gigapixel, I, I've been playing with it for a while now. I think it's super practical because the, the differences I'm seeing, like, sometimes I will take an image that I download from the web from a company that is like, oh, my God, this is too low res for us. I need to increase the resolution of this and not have it look like butt. If I try to do it in Photoshop, I haven't tried the super resolution feature yet, but that supposedly only works with raw files. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It just looks like, oh, somebody put this in a Photoshop and over-increased the resolution of it. There's not enough there. I do that same thing in Gigapixel AI, and it's like, oh, this is like, this is really good. Like, it's very acceptable. I, like, you will go like, wow. And I could really see somebody going, yes, I, I want to do this because I'm going to tell I, you I want to do this. I fully agree. I had to use Gigapixel uh, testing the Iris C Max or XE Max in the Acer Swift 3X a few months ago. And that application legitimately like blew my mind. Like I'm like, wow, this is so much better than anything else I can find like this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very practical. Again, the other thing Intel has been pushing, which I did use here, is Nero Score. Uh, this is basically a free benchmark. You can go download, download it right now, run it on your machine. And again, it is uh, it is an AI base uses OpenVINO, uh, so it's going to benefit. It runs better on 11th gen parts, even 10th gen IceLake. It runs uh, better on. Is that useful? Uh, and I would say yes. I did run it this time, even though Intel is saying, "Hey, check out Nero Score." Uh, I actually knew about Nero Score before Intel even mentioned it to me. Uh, I like it because I had already been previously using uh, Nero AI Photo Tagger which um, was an older, you know, early proof of sample that Nero and Intel were both saying, hey, check this out. But I basically took – Intel has its workload, which I'm not going to use because everybody gets radioactive thinking everything's hand-picked and they hand-tuned every picture to, to help their them. I took uh, Nero AI photo tagger and I took my own pictures, 6,000 pictures, and I fed it into photo tagger. And I, you know, basically use that. And it's a very practical use because what PhotoTagger does and what you sort of will see out of Nero score is somebody who has 50,000 pictures on their machine like I do that will never be tagged by Google or Apple because it's not in the cloud. Now I can have an application go in and sort all of those photos I never sorted for me. It'll get more advanced. It'll get to the point where, like Google Photos, it recognizes people, goes in, sorts them. Now it's done all the tagging for you. Now I just want to look for a picture of Grand Canyon with the kids, right? It'll do that at some point. So I think that's a very practical application consumers will want. And that's generally what I, I think. Um, and again, this is sort of like, I will tell you, I've never in my entire life ever used Cinema 4D. I've never used it in, in Premiere. I've never used it to render anything. I've never used Blender. 
I still think it's very practical for some people, but you know, you do have to always weigh well, who the hell is doing this versus I'm just doing this to make either NVIDIA, AMD, or Intel happy. So to me, that's, that's again, practical, practical um, benefits to consumers. AMD, of course, shades, uh, shades, uh, open Vino. They shade, um, AVX 512 and all these sort of cool workloads by saying, you know what? Um, this is like less than a dozen applications that support this. And they got a really good point, but those less than dozen applications are pretty damn cool. So it's, I think it's important to highlight. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, we got a couple more charts. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Are we going to blast through this one? Uh, Oh, and of course, wrong chart again. Oh, we'll just skip it then. <laughs> we'll skip it. You mean I was up six? till two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Gordon, Gordon, Gordon filed his piece late, and I woke up early to edit it. So stay <laughs> tuned for that tomorrow morning. Yeah. So if you look back last week's video, basically I do this thing where I like to run Cinebench R15, which is a very light load for these modern CPUs, using one thread to sixteen threads. It's essentially meaningless, except it gives you. A, a visual representation of how these CPUs perform based on a single thread all the way to, to all the threads they have. Ryzen 5000 typically has been just kicking butt in single-threaded and also multi-threaded. Comet Lake H basically like, ooh, you know, it is showing its age. It's old, 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 and it shows it in that CPU benchmark. Where Tiger Lake had to fall, I said last week, was it had to get close. And you know what? It's really close. I will tell you, basically, it tracks right there with the Ryzen 9 5980HS. Basically, the whole time, it's basically the exact score almost all the way across the band. Very close. A little bit of a weight difference. One has a 3060 you know, GPU unit, though, but you could argue it's a lot closer Uh and also the Core i7 um, Tiger Lake H, it is hanging right there with that Ryzen 9. Ryzen 9 5900HX, no joke, still faster, but that i7 is right looking over its shoulder. Um, and, of course, the really big win I do want to point out is Slide 7, which I did get the right one. <laughs> All right. What's up? Which is, this, of course, is really the big win here. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. Core i9, 11980HK, same deal, single-threaded all the way to all the threads they have, 16 threads. This is a Core i7 10870H versus a Core i7 11800H. Um, or 11, this is a Core i, oh God, 11980, so it's Core <laughs> i9. One thing. People are going to go, well, it's i9 versus i7. Let me tell you, i9, 10th gen, never really got you that much, folks. That chip was on, was gas the whole time. You got that i9, you got barely any more performance, maybe a little bit on lightly threaded stuff, but that chip in a light laptop was gassed all the time and had a hard time. So this comparison is very fair, even though it's an i9 versus an i7, but you're looking at 20%, 19%, 22%. It looks like a Ryzen chip against, against the, you know, against an Intel chip, but this is Tiger Lake 11th gen versus a 10th gen part. This is pretty much a big win for Tiger Lake. I consider it 
it's essentially Intel said we're we're about twenty percent faster in IPC generally, many different things. Just here, everything I've tested, it's twenty to you know thirty seven percent depends on what you're testing. It is a much much better CPU than old ass ten nanometer or fourteen nanometer ten gen parts, and that's what this shows you. And the reason this is that big win is because ninety percent of H-class laptops, maybe even 95% of those big gaming laptops, those thin and light gaming laptops, they're all running Intel parts. So it is not, I mean, as much as everybody loves Ryzen 9, everybody loves Ryzen 5000, there still aren't very many Ryzen-based laptops out there. They're much better than they were last year, but the the vast majority... The vast yeah. majority are Intel, and this is like, yeah, if you have a choice between a 10th gen and 11th gen, you're going to want 11th gen, and it is a worthy successor to 10th gen mm-hmm. and a welcome change because it is definitely faster. This this bums me out because uh, last year we had a video budget to get new laptops for the video team, and I I, I got a Gigabyte uh, Aero 15, which I, I like a lot, but yeah, it's it's. 10875H so hurts my heart a little it's bit still I mean, it's, it's still a good part it's still a good part, part. yeah yeah but uh, you know it, yeah and i and I, I it's like we had the budget in last year so i i had to use it it's just i yeah. had to get what i can get so but yeah Oof. it's good no i mean that that's always a bummer right but because it is a it is a is a big win but you know <laughs> you know the, the thing last year the whole situation because we saw rising 4000 last year it was like wow and every single vendor got us like why don't you have a uh, Ryzen with your your 2080 laptop, right? I, I want to see a high-end GPU with a Ryzen. Mm, nobody did it. Very few people did it. If I see nobody did it, so um, I'm, I'm, you know this is this always causes frowny faces down at Intel and AMD. But a lot of people, when you go out and you buy a five-pound gaming or productions class, you know class laptop. It's that GPU that matters. It's all about that NVIDIA GPU, right? If you can get a 3070 or 3080 class, you know, I would say, and again, I would say if I had a choice between a 10th gen with a 3080 or an 11th gen with a 3060 or a Ryzen with a 3060, maybe even a 3070, I think that 10th gen is like, uh, I'm, I, that, that 3080 is, is worth it, you know? So mm-hmm. for some things, that GPU is like, it feels like it's like sixty percent of what you probably care. A lot of people care about in a in a uh, a gaming laptop. Well, in a production in a, in a four point five inch workhorse laptop. Definitely, definitely. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, there's that sweet spot for sure. Uh, yeah. Did you you want to show this and one you know, last slide before we wrap boy. up or no? Yeah, the, let's just do the last one. All right, we'll just let's, do let's the do it real uh, quick. Cinemach R twenty three. Yep. Internet, the Apple M1 is not faster than Intel's Tiger Lake H. I repeat, (laughs) Apple M1 is not faster than Intel Tiger Lake H. It is not faster than Ryzen 5000. In fact, it's not even faster than Ryzen 4000. But but Gordon, I thought the M1 was faster than 95% of PC laptops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, only the ones produced in a certain year. I and I and again, I I will say this. We talked about this last week with Mark. I think this is the most unfair comparison in the world. I would not ever do this in in 
in a serious manner, except that everybody wants to know. So you can see it. That is a score for from a MacBook Pro M1 versus a Tiger Lake H versus a Ryzen 5000. And no, these are all eight core laptops, right? Every single one of them are eight core. And no, M1 gets mashed by every single laptop here. So it is not faster. It is not faster. It is not fair, too, because you're looking at a very lightweight, super efficient, no fan, very long battery life laptop against big, honking, heavy, loud laptops. Although, you know, uh, Asus Flow X13 with a Ryzen 9 5980HX would like to talk to that MacBook Pro. Um, but I think overall it is... It's ridiculous. Let's wait to see what Apple has when they do their clearly when they do a MacBook Pro 16 with whatever's coming. We'll talk. But right now, M1 is not faster. Stop saying that. It's a meme. You're annoying people. It's just silly, right? Also, if you missed last week's episode, definitely catch Gordon's rant. Yeah, it was classic. good classic rant. It's just not fair. It's it's not in. I if I were. If I were an an Apple fan, it'd be like, no, this is totally unfair. This is a ridiculous comparison. Are you an Apple fan? Small, thin, light laptop. No, it's just, it's not. And no, I mean, it's just not. It's ridiculous. But since people wanted to know, it's there. Okay, That's wait for awesome. the next chip. It's it's an awesome chip. If you saw the single threaded performance of that M1 versus all these, uh, let's talk. It's pretty close. Tiger Lake H and Ryzen 5000 still have the edge, but it's. We got us a ball game. It is not, no matter what, app, don't, PC fan, fanboys, don't dismiss what the M1 presents as a long-term existential threat. It is, it is there. People got to worry about it, but stop saying the M1 is faster. Stop asking if the M1 is faster. It's not. Okay. Just. All right. Uh, and so yeah, we, uh, people can look forward to even more benchmark charts on, uh, on your i9 article tomorrow morning, right? Confirm. Yeah. Nice. Right. Many more benchmark charts. Many Lots more benchmark charts. All right, cool. Uh, then, yeah, well, let's... And no gaming, sorry. No gaming benchmarks right now. Can't get to work. Oh, okay. Uh, no then, drivers. Yeah. Yeah, well, I look forward to that. Uh, Brad, tell me, uh, it sounds like maybe there's hope to get a GPU sometime soon. Are, are, you, giving, are you giving us hope? Yeah, you're not going to... You're not going to want to run mining benchmarks on GeForce drivers before long. Uh, so, yeah, NVIDIA yesterday announced that going forward, they're going to be producing on all newly built 3060 Ti's, 3070's, and 3080's. They're going to be adding in the anti-mining nerf that they introduced in the RTX 3060. And then promptly uh, accidentally released a driver that didn't have it. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot. But they came back with the second go. It's already in the new RTX 3060s coming out. It's now getting added to the rest of the lineup, except for the 3090. Uh, Their hash rate limiter, basically, if it detects Ethereum is running, it'll cut the performance of that in half. So they'll be a a lot less efficient at mining which is great. Those those cards in particular are very popular with miners, especially the 3080 and the 30... No, the 3070 and the 3090. But the 3090 is not getting the hash rate limiter, uh, probably because it's already 1500 bucks to begin with and much higher than that for now. So 
that's kind of a work slash play graphics card already, so I'm not surprised NVIDIA is leaving that alone. Uh, so that's good. That's great. The NVIDIA's blog post played up the whole, we believe this is going to get more GeForce cards in the hands of gamers. GeForce belongs to gamers. That's what's intended for. Uh, as a gamer, I like that idea. Uh, but it's not all altruism on NVIDIA's part. Uh, whenever these cryptocurrencies boom and then bust, the market gets flooded with used cards, uh, and it just nukes AMD and NVIDIA's profits for a few quarters. Uh, so this time around, AMD, uh, NVIDIA a few months ago launched specific cryptocurrency mining GPUs. So this is, I think, part of their long-term play. All these cards are going to have these Ethereum miners in them or Ethereum limiters in them. And then NVIDIA is going to say, if you want to get the full rate, you know, go buy yourself one of these CMP mining cards instead of GeForce. Hmm. How likely right. do you think someone's going to crack that? Uh, I definitely, this is a very profitable, very technically savvy industry miners, like the big GPU mining farm. So I would not be surprised if it gets cracked, I said that when they announced the RTX 3060 to begin with, I said, don't expect miracles. They have smart people with very motivated to get lots of money out of this. So there's a good chance. And then NVIDIA went and released its own drivers with protection <laughs> anyway. Well, and Rick Elder points out uh, what's stopping them from flashing an older BIOS and drivers onto newer cards. Do you think that's possible? NVIDIA did not get into the technical details in its blog post. It just said very little other than the fact that they're all going to have this binding limiter in it. However, all the rumors going around are that these are revisions uh, to the silicon themselves, so they'll have different PCE identifiers. So you can't just use a 3080 BIOS on one of these 3080 light hash rate LHR, LHR chips because they're different devices to windows and everything else yeah. uh yeah so if you have if you were lucky enough to actually get a 3080 a 3070 a 3060 ti over the past few months if you were one of the few people who were lucky to do that uh once these lhr chips roll out if they are in fact less desirable to miners we could very well be in a situation where a couple months from now you could sell your non-limited 3060 Ti and then use that to pay for unlimited mining 3070s. You might be able to get an upgrade out of it if you don't mind shifting things around like that. We'll see how the next few weeks go. This is, this is good news for gamers, though. It's not going to completely alleviate the crunch. Uh, I have an article why graphics cards cost so much right now. And I think there's seven or eight different data points in there. And mining is just one of them. It's the one that all of us are latching on to because Bitcoin is in the news, because Ethereum is in the news, because Elon Musk is always talking about Dogecoin. Uh, but there's still silicon shortages. There's still shipping issues. There's still all this other stuff. But it's still a glimmer of hope after six, seven, eight months of no hope. So I'm excited to see it. I'm actually surprised that they went, they went and did this to the to the existing lineup because I mean that was the problem where they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't nerf the original versions without sort of facing some legal repercussions. 
So now they're basically splitting it off. And, and I mean, we yeah. know th- you pretty much thought they were going to do this only in the TI versions and leave the older ones alone. But they're like, no, we're just <laughs> it's so bad that you're just going to, like, do it to the existing line as well. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. Uh, but that's great. That means they can still offer these cards. I was thinking they were just going to completely like leave these cards for dead when we talked about this when the 3060 version was announced. I thought they'd just roll out new TI models and that'll be it. But it makes sense because NVIDIA likes to sell the full family of cards. Uh, this is the first time I can remember seeing you know, a fundamental change like this to a graphics card mid-generation for it. But like it, Gordon said, uh, I'm sure it's because of legal issues. NVIDIA's blog post makes it sound like we're doing this for the consumer so you know what's up, which is great. But they all, all these new versions are going to get branded with light hash rate or LHR so that you know before you buy exactly what you're getting. Hmm. And so NVIDIA can't get sued. Hmm. Hmm. Um, do you, is there any indication of how big and bold the LHR <laughs> labeling is going to be on these new ones? Like, cause it's not, my I, guess is very small. Well, and, and, but it's not also, it's also not just the physical packaging you got to think about because, you know, obviously, you, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going picking up a GPU at a store anytime soon. Uh, you know, most people are looking to buy it online. That also means like the postings are going to have to be serious about that. Imagine if you, you buy one that doesn't say anything about LHR, then you get the box and you're like, wait, hold on. This, this says LHR like this, this could be kind of confusing. Yeah. I think that if you're buying from a retail store or a manufacturer, if you're buying from gigabyte or EVGA or Newegg or Best Buy, uh, they're going to be labeled for sure. I don't know how obvious it's going to be, but they will definitely be labeled for that same legal reason that we were just talking about. Cause they don't want to get sued either. Uh, it is going to be something you're going to have to ask about if you're looking to buy used and are hoping to mine with your card, however. Yeah, it feels like for the new market, it's, it solves itself because <laughs> it's not like there's like, oh, there's 10 3060s sitting on a shelf somewhere that yep. don't have the light hash rate. Every single card you can buy new, it feels like, will be the light hash rate versions. Yep, that's, that's the NVIDIA didn't say one way or the other. Uh, that's my guess. My guess is they really want uh, miners using those CMPHX mining GPUs because those can't get resold the way that all the current cards can. A gamer can't use those. They don't have display outputs. So my guess would be that they're going to be heavily pushing this onto pretty much all newly built GeForce GPUs. Hmm. Which is good. Unless you were hoping to use nice hash or something to make up some of the exorbitant price that you paid for your scalped graphics card. I mean, we, we got one person in the you chat saying note, that uh, they, they're bummed because they, they do uh, gaming and some, some light mining on the side, too. So, mm-hmm. Well, this is only coming to new silicon. So this is going to be if you buy one of these going forward, that'll be if you already have a graphics card. If you're buying an older generation graphics card, if you already have a 3080 or a 3070, they're still going to work just how they work. I mean, hopefully this means that the scalpers can't get as much of a premium for these cards, even if they do happen to buy them all up. So, I, You know, but I'm not sure. I mean, the sort of scalping market, it feels like it's a little different because, well, I guess 
it'll be alleviated. So if you take that mining crunch away from it, the the profits go down and the scalpers kind of go away because scalpers are only there if there's a profit. So I think I think it's still going to be there for a while because there's still probably going to be profit there. It just not to the crazy extent that it is now. Uh, and thousands and thousands and thousands of gamers have been trying to get a graphics card for six months. And if they can get them now, they will, unless they're just like, it's already been six months. I'm waiting for the next generation at this point. So, yep. Yeah. And that is, that is reason why NVIDIA is so annoyed by all this because it ruins their ability to, to forecast their business. Yep. Yeah, especially with things changing, too, in terms of how many people are going to be stuck at home for the rest of the year. A lot less people might be looking to buy graphics cards now yeah. because they're like, hey, I'm vaccinated. It's warm out. Let's go to the park. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, the other interesting thing coming out of all this, hopefully for the nations that are, is we've introduced an entire, it feels like even more people to PC gaming than ever would have been into PC gaming before. And I'll be interested to see how that sticks long-term. You know, I know a lot of my kids' friends, they're all PC gamers. Are they going to be PC gamers through college and until they're old folks like us? Or is it just simply right shirts. now a fad? Wearing Hawaiian <laughs> shirts? Yeah, playing World of Warships? I think there's more influences than just this two on it. I do think that, like, I've gotten friends recently asking me, too, about recommendations for PC gaming. And I think it's just also influenced by what they're seeing on Twitch and YouTube and what people are using. So. Yeah. No, I mean, PC gaming is, I was in a Twitter discussion and somebody said, like, the only people who care about upgrading, um, Graphics cards are, you know, this very small set of, you know, geeks is the word they use. And it's, and the, the, the tone was uh, PC gaming is so uh, minuscule, it doesn't matter. And I don't like compared to console. And I went and looked up some numbers like people don't realize PC gaming is about as big as console. And some figures put it ahead of console as far as pure dollars go. So it is a real huge phenomenon right now. And a lot of people who have not caught up on current events still think it's like, you know, one out of ten people. So It was already – sorry, go regional ahead. too, I think. Yeah. Well, certainly based on, you know, income. But I would – although I do wonder even if in developing nations, you know, had not had access to consoles for a long time. Oh, it's that's all, what I mean. Um, like I think Asia is stronger in PC gaming, if I remember, like even before the pandemic. Like Asia is much stronger in PC gaming. I think the U.S. or North America is probably like a little more skewed towards console, et cetera, et cetera. I do. However, even before the pandemic, uh, PC gaming was very much on the upswing thanks to PUBG, Call of Duty Warzone, you know, Fortnite, and other games that are not necessarily battle royales. But those free battle royales are driving a lot of it. Uh, and this is just gotten gotten insane i think since the pandemic started is that was like pouring gasoline on something that was already starting to spark uh i've had uh you know i've never had kids ask about like elementary school kids ask what do i need for a gaming pc but in the past year and a half i've had at least a dozen kids from my kids school ask that very question yeah and it's because what everybody they all and it's all about desktops too interestingly as much as we were talking about gaming laptops earlier and, you know, workhorse laptops. 
the kids, they want their Windows, they want their RGB. You know what's really going to annoy? Here, here's an interesting thing, too, that's very annoying. I, I want to hear Elena's response on this. That NZXT case, the 510 Elite, that like, or the 510 that everybody really likes to make fun of in the enthusiast circles, I think I know five kids who have bought that exact same case because it looks cool. It's a cool-looking case. It it's a good-looking cool. case. I mean, and also, like, the price. You have to take price into consideration, too. I mean, that's a $70 case, and that's a you, it's a pretty decently well-laid-out case for that price. No airflow, though, Elena. No airflow. For what it's worth, just to bring it back to the original topic, uh, <laughs> AMD has, when AMD was launching the 6700 XT, I think it was, one of the recent ones, I think it was the 6700 XT, they specifically said they have no plans whatsoever to do in hash rate limiters. So really just to compare and contrast that might be different now. Who knows? Uh, we asked them shortly after NVIDIA debuted or at least announced the RTX 3061. We asked AMD, yo, what's up? You guys doing anything like that? And they said, nope, you buy a graphics card. You can use it how you want. Uh, hmm. So we'll see if that changes. But that is currently in uh, AMD's hmm. thing. Okay, well, we'll, we'll keep uh, let's keep our fingers crossed, huh? Keep our fingers crossed. Um, let's uh, do. We got some time to go into some Q and A. If you, if you need to pop out, Brad, that's that's fine. Uh, no, that's fine. Okay, uh, let's go into some Q and A. If, if you got any burning questions, put them in the chat right now at PC World, uh, so I can get alerted to them. Uh, or if you have questions uh, anytime during the week, go over to our Discord. There's a link. Uh, in the description, we have a, a full nerd question section there that uh, questions start to pile up as the week goes on. Um, but first and foremost, I have a big thank you. Big, big, big thank you to Matthew Lang, birthday boy, friend of the show. Matthew Lang gave us $100 super chat. Wow. Oh, wow. You do not have to do that, uh, but that that is awesome. Said uh, Uno reverse happy birthday do- donation, meaning because the full nerd just hit uh, five year uh, birthday uh, so yay to us I uh, said I appreciate everyone at PC World and all the content that you guys do keep up the great work cheers cheers to you Matthew Lang that's that's very very appreciated uh, I'm, ju- I'm just glad to thank be here thank you very much uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it's our birthday nice thank you even, even even ignoring the super chat which you can't do thank you very much for your generosity uh, a lot of the feedback we get online tends to be negative just because nobody ever, it's like Amazon reviews. You never leave a good Amazon review if you're happy with the product. You only leave an Amazon review if you're unhappy with the product. And so people tend to reach out to us and say, hey, you guys are idiots, and here's why. <laughs> so thank you very much for yes. not thinking we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially, yeah, idiots who've been talking about this stuff for, for five years uh, in this podcast, right? I mean, that's... It's yeah. it's quite a quite a while to have a, a podcast, so yeah. I'm just thankful to, fun, 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 to be part of it. Fun fact is our boss didn't really want us doing this, so we just kinda gorilla did it while he wasn't looking. And now it's great. <laughs> we did There's it. your trivia tidbit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, five years and I, I yeah, for, for the for the people who still are bugging me about the old episodes on the RSS feed, I promise I will get to uploading those. I just when we moved content managers i still need to go manually insert like 
30 something old episodes uh, that didn't make the migration so i'll get there i'll get there because actually surprisingly enough if uh, there's people who still download old episodes and listen to them it's 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 fun to to go back and listen uh, i mean i do that sometimes with old episodes so it's crazy to think that people do that with with ours too uh so yeah it's it's fun i like it um so the the next one we, we just got a super chat uh 10 pounds thank you so much from old man brian uh that's awesome said uh heard anything about amd rdna2 laptop gpus i know many have given up waiting and just brought bought a laptop uh any any news on that i don't, I don't think oh yeah go sorry ahead. go brad uh, I don't think there's anything official new. I believe at CES it was. Uh, Lisa Sue said first half of the year. And to, by my calendar, the first half of the year ends next month. So I would expect to hear more soon. Yeah. I and It's coming. I know I've talked to people about it that are not associated with AMD. And there's definitely something coming. Exact timing, I don't know. And I thought... Uh, last time Scott was on, didn't they in their in their video? Didn't they have a picture of a of a of a gaming laptop when they did the, the mm-hmm. recent launch? Yeah, so I mean, very you, soon now. Well, yeah, and uh, like coming up, you've got um, is Computex still or whatever Computex is? Isn't that still in June? Virtual, yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. very end of this month. Very end, very end of the month. Mm-hmm. Oh, of this, this month, month, so yeah. May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, a good okay. place wow. for launch. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so there's that. There's whatever E3 is. You know, maybe AMD will do a presentation around there. So there's there's a couple spots that that could potentially be a uh, a good point. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. All right, yeah, all right. Um, okay, uh, a couple more questions from the YouTube chat from earlier. Uh, a a ad, adak a d a a k said, uh, Gordon, did you investigate 11th Gen B560 chip? chipset performance have you had a chance to look into that i i have not but anytime i hear something's terrible i i kind of wish i i want to buy one to see how terrible but definitely it sounds not good but i it's i was talking to um oh i should mention this well i don't know if i can mention them because they were private conversations but in a nutshell it, it sounds like it's um Simply lack of communication and standards in a way. I just explained to me basically the B560 situation was there wasn't enough guidance on how to uh, set up these motherboards. And some people bit off more than they can chew and performance suffered in the end. So for, it doesn't for, stop. Go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, for what it's worth, uh, even though Gordon hasn't looked at that, uh, I know Hardware Unboxed has done, has done several great videos recently around Intel motherboards, so go check that out. Yeah, the one thing, so I, is that, and I, again, I've been a little kind of busy with uh, all the Tiger Lake stuff, but one thing I, I really wanted to know was, like, is this, like, a permanent, like, problem? But it sounds like you basically, the board vendors come out with the, an updated UEFI, and, you know, they don't overload the boards the vrms and it's not as big of an issue so it may not be the permanent um scar that it sounded like the headlines may read but it's it's certainly not um a, a coordinated launch i think is is probably the best way to say it hmm. okay yeah uh i need to look into that myself as well um 
So here's a good one from uh, the OS Maxwell uh, said, uh, are the Ryzen 6000 uh, desktop GPUs going to use a new socket? Do we, do we think this will be the case? They're thinking of doing an upgrade, but if AM4 is on its way out, then they want to wait. Yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, no, you can never say never, but it's, it's pretty guaranteed at this point it's going to happen we have ddr5 coming you know there's more advanced pcie so i this is the time for amd to make a break from it and um if they did not break the socket for ddr5 i would i'd be shocked i think it'd be probably more of a mess if they didn't so yes but here's a question for you though do you think that amd is going to keep you know, barreling along on schedule straight to like Zen four, or do you think they'd actually do like a Zen three plus because of how crazy 2020 and even 2021 has been? You know, I don't know, you know, cause one other argument with, so you do a new socket for DDR five. Okay. I get it. Everybody's been showing off DDR five modules, cool stuff. It's, it's one more than DDR four, right? Got to be better. If it's, not cheap and it looks like ddr5 yields are constrained and so you have a price increase you don't have enough ram and you've bet everything on basically this new memory then you sort of screw yourself so i probably depends on how everything forecasts you know all the indications are alder lake is going to be ddr5 right so i don't know I, I could see them like, you know what, we got to, I mean, probably they'll continue to service existing DDR4 Zen 3 platforms. It's a great thing. Why not? You know, why not? And, you know, you can imagine uh, any future uh, dies maybe as limited as well. So probably Alder Lake and, and Zen 4 might be in, in more limited quantities. So it may not matter. But I, if it's really, really bad, then you kind of think like, well, do we do we take this? do we take these dies and drop it into DDR4 boards now, you know? So I don't know. I, okay. I, I don't have any insight into that. Even though I hate rumors, I tend to stay pretty abreast of them. And there've been all kinds of rumors flying around recently about, okay, Hey, there is going to be Zen three plus parts. And then there's like, Oh, actually those are canceled now, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so again, I always take rumors with a big punch of salt. Uh, but I would be surprised if we see a Zen, three plus or Zen refresh this year, just personally, just because for example, we haven't even seen a uh, Ryzen three series yet for the existing Zen three chips Ryzen. We don't have a Zen Ryzen three because it's just that constrained. Uh, I think it makes a lot more business sense if AMD can sell everything that's making already and can't even offer lower end chips yet to just keep it on that process and keep it going because the longer a thing is getting made, the cheaper it gets to make it. And then just work real hard on Zen 4 and have that be your potential counterpunch to Alder Lake in case Intel's 10 nanometer chips kick all kinds of butt. That's my guess. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. I've uh, got a couple of rapid fire questions for Brad uh, and then a fun one. We'll get out of here. Uh, Oso Rojo over on Discord uh, said, uh, How years into the future, right? Put on your your uh, your prediction hat. How likely is it that Nvidia uh, and AMD, well, if they do, uh, keep a permanent hash rate limiter on on their GPUs? 
I suspect it will be permanent as of now for NVIDIA. I think we're going to see that going forward. I think it's not necessarily going to be Ethereum. Like if it does switch to the proof of stake, like they've been teasing for years and just recently talked about, the next big GPU mining thing might be Dogecoin or something else. Uh, So it might just have to evolve over time. But I think NVIDIA is going to be, that's it from now on. They want you buying those mining GPUs. Uh, AMD, I could see them going either way. So I I really don't have a prediction for that. I could see (laughs) them keeping it open and saying, hey, it's your graphics card. Use it how you want it. Come to us, kind of playing on their open source kind of thing that they already do. Like, we're open. If you want to mine, mine. That's fine. Whatever. I could also see them potentially, depending on the backlash, going the total opposite way and doing what NVIDIA is doing. So, but NVIDIA, I think, is permanent as of now. That's my guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Brad. There's no way that they want their business screwed up like it has been before. And they've already gone through this before. But I think this sort of second time tells them this third is time. A third time, right? This is the third time we have to permanently deal with this issue. You want to buy these cards? We will have a set aside market for you, but you are screwing up our key business, you know, and gamers frustrated means gamers going out and buying consoles or going out and buy switches or buying board games. So it is not good. You want to keep you want to keep those gamers involved. You want to keep them happy with product. And you want to keep developers happy with product because, you know, NVIDIA has been pushing hard for hardware ray tracing. Uh, developers are like, well, ain't no damn hardware ray tracing cards out there because all the miners got them. It's, it just messes everything up. So I, I think it's it's something they've decided. I, if I were them, it's, it's a permanent problem with the business. So they have to figure out a way to, to address it. Okay. Uh, Cause MC at 6.22 a.m. said, uh, at this time, uh, 26% decline uh, in BTC prices. Are we primed for a mining GPU fire sale? Bitcoin's down. Are we going to see the fire sale? No, it's going to pop back up. Elon Musk is going to... That's down because Tesla is no longer taking Bitcoin. Uh, just a month or so after Elon Musk said, hey, we love Bitcoin, we're going to invest in Bitcoin, and you can buy Teslas with Bitcoin. And now they're like, oh, actually, never mind. So when he first said that, it boosted it way up. Now they say they're not doing it. It came down, but it's still sky high. It's still higher than it was before that initial bump, I think. Uh, I am hopeful that the bottom falls out of this crypto stuff this year so us gamers can, in fact, get more graphics cards. I'm not super optimistic about it, so I wouldn't hold your breath. There's With the world being what it is, a lot of people are into making mining, mine, mining with their graphics cards. One, because they're out of work, they have a graphics card, they can make money somehow that way. Two, a lot of people don't have faith in financial institutions. They're worried about inflation and all that stuff, so they're looking at Bitcoin as an alternative. I don't, I don't see the bottom completely falling out. Uh, and I would also I, I have an opinion, and that is because I've already seen proof of this. I understand human nature. If I'm a miner and I bought five thirty eighties and I've made I don't know five million dollars or something like that. <laughs> wow! I bought these thirty eighties for basically a thousand dollars a piece. I've made I've made a hundred times their value back on mining. Mining's starting to soften. I'm going to take these 3080s and out of the goodness of my heart, 
have a fire sale on these well-used 3080s for $950. That is the fire sale you're going to see. And I will say I've seen Reddit comments in some of the, the, the mining forums are like, you need to sell now because you can sell this card at this excessive profit to some gamer, right? That's just like, man, you made so much money on this thing. Can't you give us a break? Nope. I've, I've seen that as well. I just want to... On that topic, uh, I think you've talked to him before at CES, Tech Yes City, which is an awesome YouTube channel. I yeah. think he's based out of Australia. Brian. Brian, yeah, he's been doing a lot of really interesting videos recently uh, about how the market is starting to soften at least a little bit so you can start to find more used GPUs. I believe he just got 16 RX 570s from a miner the other day, he said. So he talked about that. And then he did a really informative video showing you what to do if you buy a card and it's that was used for mining. And so it might have a weird BIOS on it and it might need new thermal paste and stuff like that. So if you are in the market for used and you think it might've been used for mining, go check out tech. Yes city. That's an awesome video. That's very helpful. I I guess I sadly think human nature is you take your car that you've put 350,000 miles on and then you roll the odometer back to 50,000 and you sell it as like, (laughs) I just feel like that's, the attitude I've seen out there, I would love to see a fire sale. I don't think people who are in it for the profit see it that way. I think we're going to see more for sale. I think it's not going to be a fire sale. I agree with <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, okay, last quick one. Well, come on, man. You made like, that just kills me. You, <laughs> you made $20,000 on a graphics card. Can't you sell it to somebody for $500 or give mm-hmm. it to some kid or something? No. No. <laughs> Uh, last serious one, then one, one last fun one. Uh, Danny Boy said, uh, Brad is having a GPU with eight gigabytes or more worth it in the current state of tech advancement with uh, current technologies. Uh, if enough? you're talking about gaming, I would say eight gigabytes is enough for 1440p and 4K gaming. You wouldn't want less than that for either of those resolutions. If you're doing 4K gaming and you buy it for five years or more, you might want to look into something with a little bit more. But right now, we're in a, like a weird transition stage, so your options are limited. Okay, all right. Uh, and last funny one, uh, Rooker said, "If each okay, here we got a math math thing. If a train full of 6800 XTs was traveling west from New York Harbor at 47 miles per hour, and another train full of RTX 3080s was traveling east from Portland at 63 miles per hour, who would get more of them, scalpers or crypto miners?" <laughs> it's a fun joke yeah yes i saw that yeah <laughs> all, all of them would be gone <laughs> all right yeah that's it uh gordon uh take the gamers it. it's like that's like the tro- the old trolley thing where would you let it run over t- would you shift the gear to run over one person so it doesn't run over 10 people oh yeah the gamers are the 10 people strapped to the tracks <laughs> in this scenario i and i i'm 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 sorry my answer is no one because if it's amtrak You'll be lucky if it gets there on time, because <laughs> frankly, or if it doesn't fall off the track. When somebody says this is no way to run a railroad, they specifically are talking about American <laughs> passenger <laughs> railway systems. Like, well, that they, no one will get them. <laughs> yes, right. yes, that was my Amtrak experience. All right, let's get out of here, Gordon. Okay, check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Forum. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on 
iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, send questions and comments to thefullnerd at pcworld.com. And also, if you're on one of those services, please leave a review. Every time you do, someone wears a Hawaiian shirt. Like Adam, thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. I feel like I have to wear my real Hawaiian shirt next week. We'll compare and contrast. Elaine Yee? I think we're all going to have to do that. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) And Adam Patrick Murray is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, Vignes in the chat says uh, uh, the real fire sales because all the mining GPs are going to catch fire. So anyway, there you go. Boom. See you later. Bye. (laughs) 